Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos, riding solo today for a Bears Commanders preview. First, let's talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Look, football is back, and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wedge- wagering info with up-to-the-minute stats, news scores, and matchup breakdowns to get the latest game odds, totals, and spreads for NFL and college football right at your fingertips from week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl. BetOnline gives you the access to the best football promotions and contests anywhere available online. So what are you waiting for? Get on your mobile device. Go to the website. Sign up today. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. But only when you use promo code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V promo code. 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline where the game starts. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the show. Uh, riding solo today. Um, hope to have my good, my man, Corey Wooten, former Bears defensive end, uh, and Corey Wooten coming back next week. Uh, but just wanted to hop on and uh, talk a little Chicago Bears. Do I have to? Yeah, I kind of have to right now. So let's start first with my thoughts on what happened last week. The Chicago Bears uh, lost a heartbreaking game, 31-28. to uh, They were up 28-7 to at one point um, and then gave up 24 unanswered points and then took the loss now look let's hit the highlights first justin through the first three quarters we all know the stats right through for 335 passing yards over 300 passing yards for the first time in his career four touchdowns in the game also a career high he also set a bears franchise record for 16 of 16 completions in the game but as you saw what you heard a little bit from head coach sean payton of the broncos after the game you know, what the Broncos did with their defense, which, by the way, is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So let's put a little context on Justin Fields' performance just really quick. But Sean Payton mentioned after the game that their bear, that the Broncos' defense was going to just spy Justin Fields. They did not want him to have any design runs whatsoever. And then by the time the second half, when they were getting burned in the passing game, they dropped back into zone, and all of a sudden, zone coverage that's where Justin struggles a little bit, trying to read the defense and seeing where the open pockets are to throw the football. And he was 5 of 11 in the fourth quarter. Again, something that has hallmarked his entire career. Um, Justin Fields with a costly fumble in the fourth quarter, gets blindsided, strip sack. Broncos return it back for a touchdown uh, to make it 28 to 21 at the time. And then, you know, obviously the Bears trying to drive down three points. Justin Fields throws an interception on a miscommunication with Cole Komet. Um, where have we been before? Throw a nickel in the jar for Bears receivers and Justin Fields not being on the same page. Uh, but to roll it back, how did they get to 31-28? Look, we've been talking about it all week. Uh, the Bears went for it on fourth down. They had a fourth and one situation um, to kick a field goal to go up. And look, here's the deal. I'm not on board with this, right? I think it was a terrible coaching decision. If I was in Madden, and here's what happens, right? Sometimes when you're in Madden, you go up to that next level, you go to the all Madden level, and you're actually getting your ass kicked for a couple of weeks, and then you're finally in a ball game. You actually think you're going to win and get to that spot, and all you start doing is you just try and get points on the board to give yourself an opportunity to win. And and I, I just don't understand the Chicago Bears' mindset on this. Now, they've lost 14 games in a row. They haven't won a game since last October. I'm taping this right now on a Wednesday. I believe it's October 5th. So we're coming up on the one-year anniversary. Praise be. Let's get our Instagram post ready. And they've lost 14 games in a row. They haven't looked great all season long. And yet, Matt Eberflus, in the first quarter, has a fourth and one on the 49-yard line opening drive of the game. We punt the ball away because he doesn't trust it. But in the fourth quarter, 
when you can kick a field goal to just go up. Instead, he goes for it in that situation. It doesn't make any sense. Matt Eberflus, as a coach, this entire coaching staff, doesn't make any sense. It never really has, right? Now, Matt Eberflus, he's 3-18 and as a head coach. When he got hired, um, I wasn't a fan of the hire, but I always rationalized it on this show as maybe Matt Eberflus was, you know, the, the, the lean chicken and the broccoli um, that the Chicago Bears organization needed after a couple of years of dining out, doing Postmates with Matt Nagy, throwing stuff on the wall, trying to be cute, trying to do razzle-dazzle when it just never worked. Um, well, it turns out that the broccoli has been in the fridge for a little while, and it looks like that chicken just got recalled uh, because Matt Eberflus once again shows um, a lack of attention to detail um, in terms of the circumstances of the game, where his team is at at that particular point. And this is a defensive head coach, too, as well. How are you passing on a field goal to go up with minutes left to go in the game and not trust your defense on the other end to come up with some sort of play? They only allowed seven points in the first half. I get it. Our defensive line sucks. That's a question for another day. But the, the lack of trust there was really was really troubling. And now you're starting to ask yourself questions of, again, Matt Eberflus, coaching staff, slow to the switch, unable to make adjustments kind of going at it on the fly in the moment without some sort of grand plan. And when you have a head coach, you have to ask yourself the question, does he give you a competitive advantage at any point? Has Matt Eberflus or Luke Etsy given us a competitive advantage at any point in any game during their 21 game tenure um, with the Chicago bears? And my answer unfortunately is no. So here we sit right now. Bears are own four. They currently own the number one pick. And the Carolina Panthers are currently the number two pick in next year's draft. Now, before you get ahead of yourselves, let's just take this one step at a time. The Chicago Bears are bad. They might be able to fulfill all your dreams by season's end. But let's just remember that this is a very long season. The number one pick isn't guaranteed to anybody. Ask the Houston Texans how they felt about that one as the Chicago Bears slowly losing 11 games in a row. Uh, creeped their way 10 games in a row, excuse me, last year. Creeped their way all the way up to the number one spot. So that's not a sure thing. But as you sit here right now, the problem that bothers me the most about being a Chicago Bears fan is, unfortunately, this is the second week in a row where Chicago Bears fans, Chicago media, the Chicago industry at large, isn't even talking about the opponent. Think about that for a second. Chicago Bears are 0-4, and last week we didn't even talk about the Kansas City Chiefs really at all because we still had the residue of the defensive coordinator resigning and where is Chase Claypool and what is Chase Claypool and should he stay home? Well, it turns out that he was inactive for the game. Or no, excuse me, he was inactive for this game against the Denver Broncos. But the question is, we weren't even talking about Kansas City. We were talking about everything that was in-house. What was wrong with Justin Fields? What is wrong with this team? We didn't even look at Kansas City. We went there, we got our doors blown off. And then after that, with the Denver Broncos leading up to it, uh, it was more of the same. It wasn't about the Denver Broncos. It was more about what's going on with the Chicago Bears. And that's when you know as a franchise that you're in trouble. So, you know, this is a day before Thursday night football against the Washington commanders. And again, I feel like a lot of the Chicago bears conversation isn't centered around how are we going to beat the commanders? What are the keys to victory? No, it's more centered around um, what the hell is going on with chase Claypool. What do we know? What don't we know? What Matt Eberflus will Matt Eberflus survive the night on Thursday um, I know it's Halloween season, so pick whatever horror movie you want to put on there. But Matt Eberflus, he's in the cabin right now. He's in the cabin, and things are coming out of the swamp to drag him out there. That's for sure. If this is 30 days of night, the vampires are loose. And Matt Eberflus is in an attic somewhere trying to desperately hang on to his job. 
Um, but again, we're not talking about the Washington Commanders. We're talking only about the Chicago Bears. What's wrong with them? And it's even not a, mo- a matter of how do we fix it. It's a matter of, you know, where do we go from here and what buttons do we push and do we push them at all? Now, I heard something really interesting about people. Now, look, we had this conversation with Corey. Corey said on the pod a couple of weeks ago that if the Bears go to 0-5, that they need to dismiss Matt Eberflus. I had a visceral reaction to it, and I completely agreed. Um, because for me personally, I'm, my thing again was what is the number, right? We're at 14 games in a row he's lost. He's 3-18 and 18 as a coach. So what is the number? 15, 16, 17, 18. I mean, Joe Madden won a World Series with the Chicago Cubs in 2016. He lost nine games in a row in September, and that was good enough for him to get fired. So you're telling me at 14 games, 15 games, Matt Eberflus can't get fired either for the same for the same thing? It's ridiculous. So what happens after that? And I'll be honest, I heard something, a wonderful counterpoint, and something for Bears fans to keep in mind when you're watching the game on Thursday. And it came from a guy that we all know well and near and dear to our heart. And it's former Bears wide receiver, Tom Waddle. And Tom Waddle said, at some point, you do have to ask yourself the question of, look, this football team is still on the young side. We still have a lot of developing players. And for him, his question was, if you dismiss Matt Eberflus, it means you're also dismissing Luke Getze. You already don't have a defensive coordinator. So who's the new voice in the room? Who is it? And who develops these guys moving forward? I mean, we can only handle so much chaos without at least hoping to try and find some silver linings out of this season. I thought it was a really interesting point because if you do let Matt Eberflus go and Luke Getze, you do have the mini buy to have someone new come in. You know, who knows? Is it Chris Morgan, the offensive line coach? Who knows who it would be to try and establish something and create some sort of order. But again, what developing players need to quote Tom Waddle is stability. And they certainly would not be getting that if you got rid of Matt Eberflus. So the Chicago Bears have never dismissed a head coach before in a season. And because of that, you'd like to think that they'll probably keep Matt Eberflus. Am I happy about it? No, I don't think the guy's a head coach. I have a feeling that it's getting to the point where he's possibly lost the room. And even more disappointing, I mean, he's not even good at the thing that got him here in the first place, which is a defensive coordinator, is a defensive coach. Our defense is just as bad as it was last year, if not worse. We have two team sacks um, through four games. Khalil Mack tripled that number by himself on Sunday. Travis Gibson had a strip sack in Tennessee over the weekend. So I, you know, I'm struggling to see here how exactly we constructed this roster for success. So Matt Eberflus, it's not going well. And I mean, if you are going to keep him around for the rest of the year, I guess it helps out your chances to have a drive, uh, high draft pick. But I mean, the rubber meets the road at some point here, right? I mean, you could talk about developing players all you want, but if it gets to 14, 15, 16, 17 games in a row that you lose, you got to let him go. <laughs> I mean, maybe for the sake of his own health, not even our health. Let's put our health aside. Maybe for the sake of Matt Deberflus's own health, you have to let him go. Um, bringing in somebody, bringing in a Jeff Saturday, uh, sticking your arm up and going to the bullpen and put, calling in Lovey Smith. I don't really think that's the answer. Um, I have heard some people throw out Greg Roman. I find that to be fairly interesting because at the very least, if he came in and you gave him, I don't know about head coach, but at least as an offensive coordinator, if he came in and you gave him three or four games, that still gives you an opportunity of nine games to actually see what you got out of Justin Fields to make a strong decision on. Because as it's trending right now, it's not really a question of will the Bears move on from Justin Fields. The question is, what does Justin Fields need to do to prove that he is worth 
keeping around and actually worth possibly, you know, having another head coach and another offensive system. You know, can he even move on to a third guy at this point? Um, it's not looking great for the Bears organization on that front. So these are the types of questions that we're asking, and it's not even Halloween yet. Um, a lot of the fall shows have just returned. We're only in week one of Survivor, um, and we're already talking about uh, getting off Bears Island. So as that stands right now, um, all these things to watch. Now let's just talk about the game just really quick. A couple of keys on Thursday night. Um, this matchup scares me. Um, I know that there's two sides of the coin on this. First one is Tevin Jenkins. It looks like he's practicing this week. We do not know whether he's going to suit up and play. But if he does, Tevin Jenkins at left guard, Cody Whitehair at center, Nate Davis at right guard, Darnold Wright at right tackle. That's 75% of the offensive line that, in theory, you put down on paper at the start of training camp as these are the guys that we're going to roll with. Now, Braxton Jones, he's on IR. Makes a lot, you know, so Larry Borm's there in his place. It's not going to be perfect. So you are kind of slowly getting a little bit back to full strength. The only problem with that is, to be honest with you, as excited as I am about the health of the football team getting a little bit better on the offensive line, um, trotting them out there against this Washington Commanders defensive line, it might not be a good idea. These guys are talented. These guys are tough. These guys are nasty. As we all remember from the offseason, if you follow the Chicago Bears trades, uh, you know, if you follow the trades with the Chicago Bears uh, in the markets and the free agency, um, a lot of those names on the Chicago Washington Commanders came up, right? You know, can we get a guy like a Darren Payne? Can we get a guy like a Montez Sweat? Can we trade for a guy like Chase Claypool? Well, those dudes are all still there. So um, I, I think this could be actually pretty tough. If you're asking Cody Whitehair to not be the center and making the calls, you're asking for Tevin Jenkins to come in there and find some rhythm. Um, this could be tough sledding early on for the Chicago Bears to get something going. I know we all want to see incremental progress from the Broncos game, see the offense get a little bit better, Justin Fields get a little bit better. Um, this could be this could be a step back. Um, the Commanders they've put up points so far this year. Um, you know they're not the best offense in the world, but our defense is certainly one of the worst, so they're not going to have a problem scoring. Um, this is really going to come down to Justin Fields and the Bears offense. And I, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little scared right now, to be honest with you. This might not be easy. Now, look, 0-4, I mean, the back has been up against the wall for a couple weeks right now. I mean, the back is probably pushing through the wall right now. Um, so you'd like to think that these guys are going to come out and give a great effort on Thursday. I just don't see uh, the Chicago Bears winning. And you know what, Bears fans? We shouldn't expect them. Why, why should I be predicting the Chicago Bears to win anything right now? They haven't proven that. They haven't proven that since October of 2022 that they're capable of winning a football game. So I'm one of the most optimistic Bears fans on the planet, but I can't even bring myself rationally to say that the Bears have a shot at winning this game. Sure, a week ago you said maybe, hey, they beat the Broncos, they turn around, they beat Washington. Next thing you know, boom, they're two and three. Maybe back in this. Maybe it doesn't look so bad bad all of a sudden i was telling myself that story last week and then they went ahead and lost now they're own four so uh, i'll be honest i think they're looking at another own five um i think they can be competitive in this game um i was on a show earlier today i did pick the commanders winning 27 to 17 um i see struggles on the offense i see the defense again giving up over 25 points for 14 games in a row uh to extend an nfl history record and um unfortunately i think we might see a little bit more of the same um, would I like to be proven wrong? Of course. I like seeing the Chicago Bears win. Um, there's really nothing better than that. And I want to see progress from Justin Fields. And as much as I think that it's leaning towards 
Justin with another organization next year. And, and I do wish, I do think and wish that he will have success um, in his NFL career at some point. It's just not leaning in Chicago. Uh, I'm still rooting for him to do well. Um, I think there are ways um, with his play, with the play calling and a maturation process that can show um, that he has a place in this game in the NFL for the next five to 10 years, whether it is with the Chicago Bears or not. So I, I still believe that it's possible. We're just not really seeing it right now. So um, it will be interesting. I mean, how this team responds on Thursday. We're going to learn a lot about this team. If the Bears lay, if the Bears lay an egg, um, all the stuff that I said about developing players, you almost have to fire Eberflus at this point because what's the point? They're not even playing for the guy anymore. This is when people get hurt. This is when no one cares anymore. Um, so if they do put up an effort, a competitive effort, and lose, you know, I'm probably 50-50 on whether they dismiss Eberflus or not. Um, if they win the game, obviously he keep he keeps his job and survives for another week. Um, but this is going to get really tough. And honestly, you know, try and savor it, Bears fans, because the next couple of weeks is we're, we're entering a mode where, where some of the stuff is going to be it's still intriguing, but some of this stuff is suddenly uh, is going to be losing its luster. And we're going to start loosening our hand on the rope a little bit. And not, these games not, aren't going to matter really quick. Um, not to say that they got a shot at the playoffs, but we're still trying to learn something about a couple of guys in this team. And we got a couple more weeks to do that before things really 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 get out of hand i mean if you look at the schedule you know there is a world i hate to say it but there is a world where i think it's week 10 it's bears panthers on monday night football and there is a world where both those teams are zero and nine and only one can survive only one can win only one can be highlander um it's gotten that bad so i i don't i don't think i'm not predicting the bears to win on thursday um, and we're hopefully going to have former Bears defensive end Corey Wooten come back next week and talk all about it with you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Believe in Bears. This is Joey Christopoulos. Follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Uh, presented by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code Believe, B L E A V. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Uh, times are tough. Um, you got to bear down. Um, you know, hug your loved ones close while you can. And let's see if they can get a dub. Uh, sooner or later or maybe uh, within this uh, next next, uh, calendar year. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.